Hey everybody, welcome to episode 26. That's right, number 26. Oh, fuck. I fucked that up. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to episode 26. That's right, 26 of It's Just Beer podcast. We are back for a very special recycling episode. We brought in an expert, Angelina Pioni, who is deep in the game, and she learned to us good about why it is important, why it is important to recycle. So, give this episode a listen to. I apologize for the audio on this one; it's a little fucked up because I fat fingered some buttons and recorded. Uncle Dan and Angie's track on to one single track, so I could not edit their audio separately, so the levels are a little weird. I do apologize, but please remember to recycle your goddamn cans and your motherfucking bottles. All right? We appreciate it. We appreciate you. Please rate, review, and subscribe. It would help us out. We really want to know what you guys think. So far... No one has has let us know if we're doing a good job or not. So please please let us know. But if not, just keep enjoying for those of you who are actually listening to me talk right now. All right? We love you. Bye. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So anyway, welcome back to another thrilling episode of It's Just Beer Podcast. What are we on? 25, 26? I think this one's going to be 26. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's a half a year's worth of podcasts. It is. If you do one in a week, 26 weeks, it's half a year, right? For two weeks in a year. Well, when did we start? February? Congratulations, guys. I think so. It's Thank dedication. You. It is. Yeah, it's dedication for like the five listeners we got. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. They're probably like, hell yeah, dudes. Hell yeah. But we have a, a returning guest to touch on some important topics. Oh, yes. We, we have a very extra special beer yet non-beer yet definitely beer-related guests with us. <laughs> yeah. I think it crosses over quite well. Because this episode will be coming out on the 15th, which is... America Recycles Day. Yeah. Woo! Woo. So I that voice is that. Angelina Peone. You may recognize her from episode 21, as she pointed out to me, because I couldn't fucking remember. <laughs> but, yeah, she's... Uh, again with a vengeance for recycling. Yes. So if you want to introduce yourself and tell us what you do yeah, and why is recycling important? Certainly. Love that question. Uh, I work for a solid waste authority, the Ulster County Resource Recovery Agency. Uh, I work as a recycling coordinator um, for the authority in Kingston, New York. Um, recycling is really important. It's kind of one of the easiest things that we can do to um, fight climate change, which is a big tall order for us as Americans. And recycling is, um, like I said, one of the easiest things that we can do. We do it all the time. It's kind of fascinating to me because it's a, it's a behavior. It's a citizenship skill. It's something we do because we know we have to, but also something we do because it makes us feel better uh, it's, it's about consuming so much Not really stuff. that difficult. Um, it's not that difficult, but it can be really confusing. So that's a big part of my job um, with the authority is doing recycling education and outreach and um, administration and grant writing and all that fun stuff. So um, the Resource Recovery Agency, 
We do manage all the municipal solid waste that's generated in Ulster County, which is about 133,000 tons a year. Jesus. Um, so, yeah, small county. Ulster County is about 180,000 residents. So um, that's that's a small, consider, considerably small county for New York. Um, so we manage all the municipal waste. We have a dual stream recycling facility. We see about 6,000 tons a year of recyclables come through our um, sorting facility or our MRF, as we like to call it. Um, and then we also do some industrial composting on site of food scraps and mixed yard waste and dead deer. Um, so also really important huh. part of recycling is composting. So I, I get excited to talk about that too. So like the deer carcass helps with the the composting yeah we manage that in a separate zone um we don't sell that finished compost that we make from dead deer but we get like roadkill from Pestmaster comes and we're able to um compost it on site and use the finished compost just on site but mortality composting is like a whole nother thing that people so, don't really think about so you guys have this giant pile of like dead deer chilling or well you can't see any of the carcasses it's completely contained gotcha. um in in the pile but but yeah, we do about a 12 tons a year of uh, animal mortalities. And there's a whole lot more uh, animal mortalities that get composted all the time. So that's one thing I like to share with people too, is like when you're buying bulk compost from whatever store, you should always read the ingredients to really understand uh, what the feedstocks were. Because it could be anything. It could be um, mortality compost. It could be biosolids. It could be you know food scraps or whatever. So there's a lot... A lot to it, a lot to reduce the waste stream. So, um. well, that's that's interesting because I like how you said, you know, a lot of people aren't uh, don't know about or aren't aware of the mortality composting. Yeah, or honestly, so, or, or, I didn't, or, or, or they don't know much about it. It's like I ain't never even heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't think many people have of the the regular layman walking around. You know. Yeah, that's, that's it's a little wild. tangential to recycling and, and composting, but definitely on the farm. And I mean, we have a lot of farms in New York State, a lot of cows and horses that die that need to be dealt with. And obviously, you don't want to be landfilling like things that could be recycled. So um, it's a kind of a growing concern in New York that we're running out of infrastructure to compost these animals. And um, I'd certainly like to learn more about it. I mean, outside of just the deer composting that we do, there's a lot to be done. Like, uh, for example, you know, we had really crazy floods in, um, North Carolina and there was like, you know, 50,000 chickens and, you know, 10,000 horses that needed, that died in the floods and they needed to be dealt with and you can compost it and they compost pretty quickly. You can compost like a whole cow in like 30 days. It's crazy. Mm. No bones or anything, but that's kind of getting out there a little bit. Just completely liquefied. Shit. Mind blown, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I know decomposition can happen quickly um, in the case of Sam's carcass that I had up on the hill at the house. And she went, I mean, granted, you had animals and coyotes and whatnot picking at it, but she went from skinned, but like all muscle and bones intact, to skeleton with just little bits and pieces of like uh, mummified flesh on some ribs and, and vertebrae. Naturally, and I'd say... Two months or less. Well, it was still pretty hot out at the time too, right? So like, it, it was heat it was, and humidity are like a big factor in uh, decomposition. Yeah, I mean, on to when, an extent, to when an we're extent, we're downwind from but... it. It smelled great. 
You can do cold weather composting. I mean, the weather is really not a huge factor because it's actually the soil organisms that do the composting. And people ask me that a lot. They're like, should I put my compost pile in direct sunlight so like the sun can heat it up? And that's not actually, that's, that has nothing to do with it. So it's that's all a myth? Like... It is a myth, yeah. You can compost even in the shade. So um, a dead so a dead body is gonna compost like decompose at the same rate <laughs> in the middle of winter than it will in like a nice hot humid if, summer. If you mix it with enough wood chips, yeah, totally. Okay. But um, kind of in the realm of like breweries and beer, you know, there is a lot of brewery waste. Brewing is considered an industrial activity, and so um, I always try to strive to learn more about what breweries are doing to to be more sustainable and brewery waste like the spent grains and things like that they're not a real good feedstock for composting um it can be done like it's doable but it's just such high moisture content that you need to bulk in with like so much wood chips to to get it to the right moisture um but a lot of breweries are doing anaerobic digestion which is like composting but without in, without the presence of oxygen so it's like totally in vessel mm-hmm. and they're able to do a lot of interesting things you can generate biogas through anaerobic digestion so like um basically picture like a big vat or a big tank where all the spent grains are uh, mixed in and like mm-hmm. dewatered, and then as that rots inside the container it creates um, biogas in a lot of breweries like sierra nevada for example they use that to offset their energy um, energy production in the brewery, which is really cool. So you can use that biogas to, you know, create more energy f- to run your brewery? Turn Absolutely. Oh, shit. Yeah, so you're, it's waste to energy. You're um, spent grains, and that's on a really big scale. Like, obviously, yeah. it's not something that can be scaled down, like, super small, but um, there is a, a renewable energy source. Like, as food rots, it creates methane, and you can use that methane to do... Uh, you know, generate electrical power. You can use it to do heating. You can actually derive fuels from it. So, like, keep that on your radar as you um, have all these delicious beers and visit breweries. It's like, ask them what sustainable what things are you doing with your they're grains. They're doing, yeah. All and they'll really be like, no, your business. And then you'll be like, oh, you're probably not doing anything good with but it. But I think most breweries too, like, they have like some kind of a, like. Uh, brewery to farm thing where like the um, local farmers take the grains for like to feed livestock and stuff like that too which is great if it can be used to feed hungry animals that's arguably better than you know another industrial process that I know that's more, uh, inter- more um, so, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off but I'm rambling so oh, no, please no, cut me off just, I know <laughs> with uh, cider and winemaking when you have the depleted shells of uh, like uh, you, you macerate the apples and you crush them down to juice them all. Now you're just left with dehydrated apple bits. And a lot of people will use them for like chicken feed. Um, I'm sure you could compost that too. Um, and a lot of the same thing with the grapes. Like what happens? Well, you crush it all down you get all the juice out of it. And you're left with just... You're left with what looks like poop. It looks like straight poop. And you're just like, wow, I would I would have eaten that before I pressed delicious. all the <laughs> delicious, delicious juice out poop. of it. Delicious poop. I remember when I, I made my... I was straining seven pounds of blueberries here, and I had the straining bag, and I was ridiculously doing it by hand, and giving myself like arthritis and carpal tunnel at the same time. It was a fantastic time, but uh, every time I'd like go and I'd scoop out the the wasted blueberry shells, let's just call it that, and it just was like poop. It looked like 
if you ate nothing but blueberries for like a week, <laughs> what your shit would look like. Nice. Yeah, a little less brown, but just purplish blue poop. Now nice. you know. Well, yeah. thanks for the thanks for the segue, Uncle Dan, because yeah. we're drinking a beer right now from Highway Manor Brewing Co. <laughs> kind of looks like poop. No, I'm just kidding. Called Mr. Blueberry. It is a barrel-aged house sour ale with 50 pounds of fresh blueberries per barrel. 50 pounds. Ooh, wow. I don't, that's a lot. That is a lot per Very barrel. Ridiculous. I didn't realize that was barrel-aged. I might have to adjust my... Yeah, yeah I, 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 I didn't realize that either. They're from, uh, I'm, I'm keeping my guess. I don't give a fuck. Same here. They're from Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Anyone know where the fuck that is? Uh, like most places in Pennsylvania? No. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> it's Pennsylvania. Yeah. It was pretty good, though. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, something like that. It's a little funky. That nuclear sour that I enjoy and you hate. You, you know, here's the thing. Like, Here it is. If we remove the nuclear sour aspect, mm-hmm. I actually enjoy it. It's tasty. But man, every time I put it in there, it's so it's just like taking pure distilled souring agent and putting it on your tongue. It's like <laughs> it's too much. It's awesome. It's too much. I, I cringe when I drink it. I'm like, when it ends, it's like, oh, okay, now I'm enjoying it. It's like a roller coaster. It's like that first uh, couple seconds of like ridiculous slingshot acceleration when you're going downhill and you get you're just like oh no! and then you finally what was that you stop accelerating and you're at like terminal velocity on a roller coaster and then you're finally like oh now I can enjoy this and then it's fun. That's what this beer is like. It's okay. Way tart. All right. I mean, I was just gonna say I enjoyed it. What about what do you what do you think? <laughs> oh, man. oh man, yeah, I, it's hard. That's a hard one for Uncle Dan to keep down. It, but it fucking it, the flavor is good. It's just so sour. Mm. Jesus, Kim would love this, and Kim would fucking totally put that in her vagina and queef it out. Wow. I guess I'm glad she's not here then. Well, she has taste buds in her vagina, so interesting. Yeah. Well, that's why she can't eat anything. Yes, <laughs> makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! Terrifying. Weirdo. Yeah. No, she grew a tooth down there once too. Had a little tomastoma action, or tomastoma. Uh, Did she absorb her teratoma, twin? Teratoma. What the fuck they're called? <laughs> no, she, she absorbed absorb. her twin yeah. at, at so, birth or something like something that. Something like that. But you, you're familiar. They can't. Uh, well, they can be cancerous, but not always. Uh, it's just a growth, and um, because a lot of it's like stem cells. Oh, I'm sorry, Joshua. Are you trying to talk about the beer? We're going to talk about teratomas right now. Not tomastomas, which is the false gar ale. I thought you were gonna say the. Crocodilian. I thought you were gonna say the false god. Yeah. <laughs> like Jesus. <laughs> well, they are the false god to the gar eels. But um, yeah, yeah, teratomas. I'm surprised not more people are familiar with them. So you get a growth, and I guess there are stem cells uh, within this growth, and so sometimes that you'll grow teeth. They grow teeth and Ugh. hair, and sometimes other. Objects like basic eyes and shit. Yeah, they're fucking wild. Google that shit or jujul it. I'm if good. You, uh, our big mouth season yes. three fan. Jujul it, jujul it. But uh, yeah, no, they're they're pretty wild. It looks like you're growing like a little human, but just randomly like in your intestine or something. No, thank you. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, they, they, oh man, they're awesome. We should totally look up some images of that after this podcast. Welcome to It's Just Teratoma yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's teratoma, but I always mix it up with tomastoma. There's so many ta era mumas words. Goddamn Latin. I know. It's, 
anyway, this beer, um, I dig it. It's uh, certainly got quite a bit of acidity to it. Um, blueberry is, I'm, I don't think it's too in your face. I get yeah. kind of like, I don't know, it's, to me it's almost a little more raspberry than blueberry, I think. Like I'm not getting, yeah, it's definitely more like an acidic fruit. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It's like something from the thing. Yeah, but that's like a real, like not even horror movie shit. It's real life. Sorry, we are, I'm, I'm showing them some photos of these teratomas. <laughs> Still no thank What's you. What's the, the Rick and Morty episode? Uh, oh, Cronenberg. Yeah, everybody got Cronenberg, Morty. We, we got to go back. Yeah, yeah. They look like little Cronenberg uh, yeah. manifestations inside <laughs> of you. They are germ cell tumors. It's a sweet death metal song. So look out. Look out. Teratomas are <laughs> on the rise. Look, it's Poor just Dan, Uncle Dan science minute. Yep, we still gotta get those audio drops made. Oh, I know, right? Yeah, I, I, I gotta message that guy. Yeah, can we get like a little like mini like yeah, mi- mi- midi pad? Oh yeah, again, press the buttons and do the audio drops. We as should we go. definitely do that. It'd yeah, be awesome. That would be cool. As opposed to having to throw it in after the fact, or you know, vocally ourselves just being like, Uncle Dan's gonna tell you about science. But, and uh, really not like sours. Yeah, sorry, Dan. I, I brought a lot of sours, but it's I fine. also brought <laughs> a very, very nice stout. Really? I know so. what it is. Is it in a can or is it in a bottle? No. <laughs> it is in a bottle. A glass bottle, huh? A glass bottle. So since we have our expert here on recycling, is it true? Oh, God. Oh, here, here it, it comes. Is. Or that is it, segue. Or is it a myth that glass is infinitely recyclable. You know... I feel like it isn't. I love that question and I hate that question because I want, so badly want the answer to be yes, it's infinitely recyclable. And in theory it is. Um, But no, a lot of the glass that um, consumers put in curbside recycling programs doesn't actually make it to become new recycled bottles in the sense that we think of recycling, that it gets turned into new things. Um, glass is terrible from a recycling standpoint. It's got a really, really low value. Um, so at our facility, for example, we actually pay to get it to a recycler. We pay like almost $50 per ton to get, to get it recycled instead of other commodities that you would make a few like cents per pound or something like that. And glass is heavy. It damages equipment. It can harm workers. It becomes dust and all that. Um, and it's really hard to process because it breaks and it crumbles apart and becomes a tiny million pieces. And, they get stuck in your foot when you walk um, and it's painful. It's just really hard for recyclers to handle. So like if uh, for your listeners that have glass bottles, definitely take them to redemption uh, as much as possible because that is a very clean stream of glass that can become cullet and can become other bottles. But when you put glass in your recycling bin, it does not go to um, glass heaven. Oftentimes it gets landfilled, unfortunately. Glass so you should hell. just throw your bottles in the trash because it won't make it anyways? Well, or you could reuse them or for you fun could, stuff. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, or you could, I hate to say it, but actually if you have the option to choose glass or plastic, like it's almost better to choose plastic in that case because plastic is very recyclable. Sorry, 
for snapping that's there. It's okay. No, it's going to be very loud. But, as long um, as it's not like a constant thing, like throughout, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, if you have the option to choose plastic over glass, probably plastic or, or metal cans are actually way better, um, you know, for, for beer from my point of view. I, I, I agree. Gone the, the metal can way. I agree for the part. most part, but there's something like really nice and nostalgic about having like a really awesome stout in a big bomber bottle. It's just, I don't know. It just feels right. I agree. Yeah. It, uh, it really seems to go kind of in cycles. You know, when we all first started drinking beer, it's usually out of a fucking, you, you know, your Budweiser's, your Coors, whatever out of a, you know, aluminum can. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of graduate to, you know, slightly fancier, Shelf beers like I don't know, Killian's or Labatt's or something like that that would be in a bottle, but then now with the whole craft scene, everyone's kind of embraced cans, so it's like then we're back on cans again. Yeah, and then after that, it's like, oh, now we all want these barrel aged stats and sours that come in bottles, right? So it, it's like constantly going, you know, you're skipping a level, but then you're constantly rotating between bottles and cans. Like all the time. And also, hardly anybody uh, does growler fills anymore. I remember that used to really be a thing. And I actually brought a growler today. It's the first time I've filled a growler in probably a year. That's just, awesome. That's definitely the best way to go. Like refillable growlers. options, especially for someone who drinks a lot of beer, just makes a lot of sense. Um, I wish that the cost would come down a little bit on on buying by the growler so that more people would do it. You mean like um, the stores that charge the, you know, the money for it? You wish that they were cheaper? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can usually get, if you're at the brewery, get their beers for a pretty good price. Yeah. It, I think for, at least for me, I have this perception that buying by the, like buy a growler full is more expensive than buying like a 12 pack, but you would say that's not it is. true. Yeah, it is true. It so that's what is. I mean. Like I wish that would come down to meet, meet uh the same cost so more people the thing is you you can't really keep a growler for too long yeah that's the issue like once you once you open it it's like you got to have it in that sitting pretty much yeah yeah and it it can't generally sit in your fridge for too long it's usually like a week or so yeah Yeah. at least that's what most breweries i've noticed have recommended Mm -hmm. um if you have a a crowler and it's a person who's sealing the can is good you can typically get like two weeks maybe three Shelf life sitting on it, depending on what it is. Yeah, I, I had tore can me a couple of things that I had didn't touch for two weeks. Open them up, full carbonation. And what were they so, though? Stouts. Yeah, maybe maybe a one twenty minute too. Well, <laughs> dude, you could let fucking one twenty minute just sit out in the sun in like an open <laughs> container and it'd still be fine. No. When yeah, when it's real high test, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, that stuff's gonna stay better than a hazy IPA. Yeah, for, for sure. Well, anything that you're gonna want fresh anyway. Yeah, you don't want to. Let it sit right. There. I I will say um, I got a crowler of uh, I think it was Ultrasphere from Hudson Valley, which I actually brought a can of today, and mm-hmm. it, it sat in the back of my fridge for a while because mm-hmm. um, Hudson Valley beers generally don't go bad, so I just forgot about it, and then I went to go grab it, and I noticed it had actually punctured, and some of the beer had started to come out. I was like, well, fuck, like this is probably going to be a drain pour now. I'm like, all right, fuck it for science, I'm going to try it, and. So I cracked it open, poured it, and it was like the car was a little off, but it still tasted great. Mm. So yeah, so props to them. I mean, their beers, they stand up against like almost anything. Shout out to Hudson Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 
just to finish up on that thought too, like glass definitely has its perks and its place and people really like using glass. Um, but, you know, yes, glass comes from silica sand, which is very abundant and all that, but it has a, a pretty low recycling rate. And then also glass bottles are made with very low amount of recycled content. Whereas if you look at aluminum cans, I mean, you can recycle an aluminum can and it's another aluminum can in like 60 days. And then aluminum is also commonly made with like 75, 80% recycled content. So it is very closed loop in, in that regard. Um, and then also from like an environmental standpoint, glass requires a lot more cardboard to package it and ship it, whereas cans don't. And then like glass is super heavy. So, um, you know, when you're looking, once you start looking at transportation of beer and the distribution of beer, Fossil you're fuels. talking like 30% more greenhouse gases to, uh -huh. to send a tractor of bottles than a, than a tractor of cans. So cans are just good through and through, like even though the process of harvesting the raw materials is crazy for metal like gets recycled more and generally it's got more recycled content in it and all that good stuff that's so, so it's so funny that you, you bring that up it's one of those things like man nobody thinks about the cost of you do distribution mm -hmm. me pointing at uh dan buyer um you know he's driving a truck you're you're making the deliveries and it's like it's something that no who thinks about it like greenhouse emissions your truck has to work harder the more uh, payload it's carrying, you know? You and get, more diesel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're using more petrol, more more of everything, and releasing more of everything, as opposed to using a can, which is light. It's lighter. It's not as fragile-y. Um, and it works just as well as a bottle. I mean, it, if we had to, like, compare them, it's a superior vessel. For sure. But at the same time, isn't there something really endearing about a glass bottle, though? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Milkman over here. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, so, I mean, obviously, I could go out and buy a canning machine if I wanted to can my ciders. Josh, with his beers, if he wanted to, you can can them. And then, all right, you can get on that kind of wave. But, like, typically, when people make homebrew or to make their own wine and stuff, you're buying glass bottles. Like, that's, that's what you're getting because... A canning machine. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but oh, I'm probably sure at least half, I'm sure half a canning bill. is way more expensive for breweries than bottling. I mean, would you agree with that, Brett? Um, Brett's here too, by the way, or uh, Jesus, shall I say? <laughs> uh, I don't deal too much with uh, the cost analysis and paying the bills, so I can't quite answer that. But uh, pretty sure that it is uh, cheaper. To can everything, then use glass. That's surprising. And glass is expensive to buy too. Buying empty cans has to be so cheap. Yeah, it yeah. costs um, for my Grolsch style pop tops uh, bottles. It's forty dollars for twelve pack. Yeah. Yep. Seven fifty milliliters are even more expensive. I'm talking about just my sixteen ounce five hundred milliliter bottles. Seven fifty milliliters are like sixty dollars for a twelve pack. When you're talking about commercial breweries and home brewers, it's two different ball games that you're, you're talking sure. about. Me home brewing back in the day, I reused the same bottles for years. Yeah, no, so uh, I plan on doing. The, a commercial brewery is not reusing even a single bottle. Uh, they'll reuse growlers, but that's about it. Yeah. So, two two different topics basically. For sure. 
Yeah, we just have stacks and stacks and stacks of aluminum cans at Industrial Arts because we don't do bottles, we do chest cans. That's it. And yeah, they just come on a big, like probably 10 foot high pallet. I, I, I have no idea how many they hold, but it's, you know, probably four foot by four foot by 10 foot high. You know, they're just, you know, stacked to the gills on top of each other. And it's, our warehouse is pretty full of them. Nice. I actually think, because um, I was at Treehouse today, which was, uh, you know, nice. Oh, nice to go segue. there. And, no, I'm, it, it's not really a segue. It's more to say, like, I think that they're moving to all cans, too, because they had some things that normally they would ha- have had in a bottle, but they were in cans now, like the vanilla bean, double shot, the impermanence. Yeah, that's true. A lot of their stouts that they're doing now, they were all in cans today. Mm-hmm which I previously gotten before, but in bottles. So it seems like they're probably just moving away from bottles completely. That's great. I'm, I'm wondering if that has I to do with uh, those beers always used to be like two, maybe four per person. Then they started up, upping production. So then they started making them six bottles per person, 12 bottles per person. So I wonder if it just got mm. more convenient just to um, put them in cans rather than bottles. Probably. Like I'm, they I'm, were still I'm, low. They were still low um, allotment. Yeah. It was like four cans per person for like all their, their bigger stouts. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious what their um, their method or their thinking was on doing that. Maybe switch things up. Yeah. Maybe to, because I got to say like, there's a lot of Treehouse fans out there that will say like, oh, oh, such, such and such a beer is in a, a new label. It's got a new can. It's got a new art. I, I got to go get it. Uh, so it's kind of just a weird thing. It, I don't know. I, I used to be kind of in that camp, but now I'm like, uh, I don't care anymore. It, it's just beer. It is just beer. But speaking of, what are we drinking from Treehouse Brewing? That's and what I'm she Joshua. said, brother. Kind oh. Joshua. Which is their, uh, I think just a regular old milk stout. It's their milk stout, yeah. Yep, this is their... Uh, I don't want to say flagship stout, but it's their... I think it's their most basic stout. Yeah, it's kind of their, their base. It's a good base. It's a good base. It is. Though, it's though, though, though... It's very roasty, mm. but in a good way. It's not overly bitter or acidic. I don't, I don't know if it's just from... Oh, all right. I only took two sips. Oh. It doesn't taste as yummy as I remember it from last yeah, time. Yeah, I remember it being more... Indulgent. Almost. More milky. Yeah. More milk stouty. Yeah. This one seems like a little more carbonated. Yeah, it seems and, a little and, and more roasty. Yeah, that that was the, the main characteristic I got. Yeah, as soon as I took a sip. I mean, it's been a while since I've had this beer, so I could just be misremembering. But yeah, it, it's very possible. But the last time I would have had this, you would have brought it right, uh, brought it over. And shit, man, when's the last time you had? We weren't even living in this house. I don't think the last time you brought a can over. Of that, maybe we were. It's debatable. Uh, I know the last time I went to Treehouse was last December, towards the end of the month, uh, and I probably picked some up then. Yeah. So, so maybe it's it's been a while. Either yeah. Way. Either way. But I will say, uh, upon second sip, definitely got a lot more chocolate note on it. Um. Well, let's see what the third one does. Please let us know. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely getting more. I mean, like you said, the, the roastiness is the, the main thing I'm picking up out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And for a milk stout, I don't necessarily want it to be overly roasty. I like roasty. I like that malty, roasty feeling to it. But I also want that like sweetness. I mean, I like it. 
Yeah, me too. It's good. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it. Just it's a, it tastes different than what my memory remembers it being. I would say it's a superior milk stout, like as far as base ones go. Oh yeah, but you know, you know who's got a milk stout that's really similar to this is um, Great Life Brewing in Kingston. Yeah, it's really roasty. It's a, I'm gonna be, and I think it's like almost seven percent, like six point eight percent. It's something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fucking pretty goddamn good. You want to know who has actually a really good fucking milk stout, and you would never guess, but Stone. Hmm. Stone, yeah. I had when I was in uh, Colorado, I saw that they had a milk stout. I'll try it out. Getting a little sick of nitro left hand and got a six pack of it. And it was fucking awesome. It was really, really good. I would probably drink that over left hand. Well, speaking of, uh, another surprise brewery that had a really good stout, Rogue. When I was out in the West Coast. No, I don't believe that. They had... For one damn minute. They had an Imperial Chocolate Stout. It was 11% ABV, and it tasted just like a fudge sickle. It tasted like a Southern Tier chocolate. Really? But honestly, better. And it was on tap, and I'll probably never taste it again. They, Who knows if they will ever make it, but it was one of those things. They don't bottle it. That's brewery only. Mm. Um, I actually I have nothing but good things to say about the Rogue Breweries out in uh, Portland. They fucking do that shit right, and you feel like at home, like in somebody's backyard in some <laughs> of these places. Like they have campfires going on, big uh, cornhole fucking uh, things happening. It just you and the way it's fenced in, you're in the middle of a fucking city. You can see skyscrapers, like there's there's giant fucking buildings. 10, 15 story buildings. And then it's just like, no, you're in this fenced in backyard. People are playing cornhole, sitting around fires, drinking, eating. It's just really, uh, I don't, I don't, family. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> it just home. felt right. Yeah, yeah, it, it felt, you felt comfortable. You felt really comfortable, which, uh, I think there's something to be said about walking into a place and actually feeling comfortable. So, absolutely. And their mac and cheese, they use like a beer cheese. I had their mac and cheese and like big penny pasta. Fuck, the food was killer there. I'm just saying, if you're out on the West Coast, for the five people listening, um, go to Rogue. Go to the Rogue with the big backyard, because I don't know where it is. I think it's in like uh, the middle of Portland, where there's a lot of buildings that are tall. Ah, <laughs> Okay. Very. I think people will be able to piece that yeah, together. Yeah, you got you got to cross one of like the fucking eleven bridges that Portland has. If you guys didn't know, it's like the city of bridges. There's a million fucking bridges in Portland. I mean, metaphorically, no, like or real, real architectural say, bridges. Yeah. I'm sure it's both. Yeah, I knew that Chicago had a lot of bridges. I didn't know Portland did. Yeah, Portland's got a ton. I think they have eleven bridges in Portland. Hmm. Eleven, and like when you cross one, you can kind of just like look east or west or whatever directions left and right and you're just like oh you can see like two bridges going that way there's three bridges over there <laughs> and it's all over this one body of water that's kind of just like splitting through the city hmm. i wouldn't you know i wouldn't mind going back out there do some more beer scene but i really would like to get out into the woods and i was there for jen's wedding obviously uh, angie was there as well oh yeah um which was it was a super fun time had a blast but I wish I could have gotten out of the city because I'm not really a culture guy. I'm more of a let's find the critters guy. Mm. Dude, you should go fucking hunt for squatches out there. I hear they're pretty big out in I want I want to Oregon. go hunt for the Northern Pacific rattlesnake, Crotalus. Uh, wow, 
I actually can't remember the scientific name. Holy shit. How fucking dare you. Yeah. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Some man of science you are. Mm-hmm. Well, mine's the Southern Pacific, Crotalus organis hellery. Definitely. That, yeah. Oh, my God. It beat me to it. I think it's just Crotalus organis. Oh, my God. How embarrassing. Dude, it is. Holy <laughs> shit. I don't know it. I mean, not that I know, like, every animal scientific Turn name. in your biologist card. Here. <laughs> I'm ripping it up right now. In other news, I brought a beer that I'm excited to share oh, with you folks. How excited is she? We better drink it while it's somewhat cold. While it's getting, oh, getting good. Well, no, Josh likes to drink his beers warm. I do, actually. Um, like warmer than like UK warm. Too. Yeah. Because so, it makes sense when you want flavor. I was really excited when I saw this beer. So, backstory is I went to a recycling conference uh, this past week mm. in Cooperstown. So, you can't go to Cooperstown without going to Alma Gang. So oh, I did nice. that oh, and got shit. a very special brewery only. Brewery only. Uh, this is the Bourbon Barrel Draft Horse. Have you guys had this or heard of this at all? No. Um, it's actually um, several different beers that are barrel aged that are blended together. I noticed it's in a glass um, bottle. Bourbon barrels, uh, Asian bourbon barrels for over two years and then blended with a touch to mixed fermentation sour ale. So that's for you, Josh. Ah. Um, balancing the sweet assortment Bands of out. caramel, raisin, and vanilla. So um, Interesting. if you want to open that up. Wow. I'm super excited about it. I got a few brewery-only uh, beverages while I was out in Cooperstown, but Alma Gang is just... One of my favorites. I mean, really, I think the Three Philosophers was the first beer that ever got me thinking about craft beer more than just a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I've gone to the brewery twice. They're really nice folks out there. Um, Thank you, Jesus. They came and visited my college quite a bit when I was going to school in Cobleskill. And they just seem like nice folks. They make a really consistent beer. Like, I've never had a beer from Amagang that I didn't like. Um, and this one just sounds crazy. I mean, it's mixed a bunch of bourbon barrel beers all mixed together. So I hope you guys like that, it. That is a bit unorthodox, but I mean, they do it with whiskeys and scotches. But huh, I, I, I'm interested. It's it's funny that you mentioned three philosophers though, because they now make a bourbon barrel aged three philosophers. Oh my! When I was in the tap room, they had a variation of three philosophers with blueberry and coffee, and it was what? crazy. That's bullshit. It was like. 11%. It was crazy. Three Philosophers is my favorite beer by Oma Gang. It was also one of the first beers that I had that started getting me into the more craft scene. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, I've never, when I first had it, I'd never had a beer like that. And I was like, I don't, I didn't even understand the flavors, but I just knew that I liked it. Like my palate liked it. Jesus, with the, <coughs> oh, excuse me. With the clean glass. Yeah, you know, for all the time that I spent in Oneonta, I never made it to the Illum Gang Brewery. It's fun. And it sucks. I mean, we're all poor, poor college students, and you know, pretty much we only had enough money to buy beer and pay for gas to get home every now and again. But yeah, so never got to make it there, unfortunately. But the fortunate thing is, every place had Illum Gang beer locally. So yeah, when we wanted to get fancy, that's what we would, we would drink is. Rarevos or Three Philosophers or mm-hmm. Abby Ale or all those classics. Abby Ale, Rarevos, Hennepin. Hennepin, yeah. Uh, those, I'm telling you, I I don't think I'm the, nowadays, I'm not the biggest fan of Oma Gang. They did the whole HBO Game of Thrones series and I really thought a lot of these new things that came out with uh, were really hit or miss. Like, they they released one, the beer is great, 
and then the next two would just be like garbage. Hmm. Of course, it's my opinion, but but the Rarevos, the Hennypin, Abbey Elf, Food Philosophers, is so good. It, I mean, it's that's always all day on long. Point. That's an all day long beer. Just drink that. I know it's, it's like seven percent too. Six or seven percent. It's a higher ABV, which is nice. And the the labeling on this is a little bit vague, and I apologize because I was pretty in the bag when I bought this, and the guy was like explaining to me all the five different beers that are in there, and I all I remember yeah. is raisins, and there's raisins, and there's some type of fermented sour that they yeah, mix in. At the raisin end. is the big flavor I get off Ooh, the bat. I got a lot of the raisin smell. Yeah, this one packs a bit of a punch, but. Uh, it's definitely very unique. Um, yeah, like I said, the the raisins, the big big one I get. It's almost I don't want to say reminiscent of a barley wine, but a little bit. Yeah. It, honestly, if they just called this a barley wine, I'd be like, "Yo, this is a damn fucking good barley wine." I just got a little bit of uh, Dr Pepper. Kind it of tastes has, a little bit like Dr it Pepper. Has something that I can't put my finger on. I almost want to say like a weird like caramel coated grape. Hmm. It's really, really interesting. Which, that's probably just the raisins, <laughs> you know. I'm honestly not sure how I, I feel about it. Different. Yeah. And I, well, you get you get that nice uh, bourbon finish, that like nice warming sensation yeah. with the caramel. I think it couples really nice, really nice. Caramel's not overbearing too, but it's there. You know, it's there. I will say though that if it's a dirty little girl like I think it is it's definitely hiding it very very well there's like no I don't get any burn or anything on it I think it's pretty it mild warms. I it think it's pretty burn. mild yeah I got a little bit of the the bourbon on the second sip more so than I got in the first because first sip I took it was a little more carbonated than I was expecting but now that I know what I'm getting myself into I can kind of absorb the flavor a little bit more and yeah I'm definitely getting um, yeah still the raisin some caramel um. Yeah. Then bourbon on the finish. I mean, uh, I'm gonna say pretty fucking good. Oh, yeah. Fun Solid. fact about Amagang. Did you know that they have a proprietary um a proprietary yeast? It's a certain species of yeast that only they use, and they use it in every single beer. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. So I that, did not know that. What do you think about that? So I that's mean, why when you have a Amagang beer, you know it's, it's an Amagang beer. Yeah, yeah, it's patented. This shit mm-hmm. is patented. They had a team of scientists that literally just drew out that one yeast strain or just like, That's this is ours, <laughs> cultivate it, make it so. I mean, it makes your specific flavor profile unique to you. Consistent, so it's like, yeah. as long as it, you know, that it actually generates that specific flavor. That's like, oh, you're drinking this beer, you know, it's, you know, Oma Gang. But yeah, I don't. I don't even like remember the last time I've even had a fucking Omegang beer, but this is this is good. Yeah, a couple, probably like five years ago. Of course, my brain is shy. It's probably like ten years ago at least. Now they started really going crazy with making all sorts of new flavors, and I just kind of lost track after a while. I tried to keep up for a bit, yeah, but then it was like every time I went into a store, it was like oh, like three new Omegang beers. <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. And Omegang is also, I feel like, it, it drops into that tier of brew, breweries like Stone or Rogue. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it, I know what you it's mean. It's not something I ever seek out. And every now and again, they have a beer that you're just like, oh, shit, that's real good. But then otherwise, it's just like, yeah, I, I forget about them. 
And then somebody's like, oh, three philosophers. And instantly the like, <laughs> Russian nostalgia comes back in my head. I'm just like, oh, yeah, three philosophers is good. That's right. And you think about it. And a lot of times, like, I'll go out to uh, restaurants and Oma Gang is almost, if they have beer on tap, uh, a lot of them have Oma Gang. And they usually carry, like, a Henny Pin or a Rare Vos. And it's like, I'll go straight to that almost always mm-hmm. instead of trying something new. So I'm just like, I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be solid. Never it's always met consistent. one I didn't like. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's yummy. And it's Cooperstown, so, I mean, represent. Once I know, once I know the ABV on this, I'll be able to make a, a better decision. Because if it's, if it's like 15, I'll be like, fuck. It's not 15. It's not. I'm no. just saying, if it is. like I'm thinking over 10, but we'll find mm. out. I, I already put in my decision. I, and I think well. I'm, I'm feeling confident with it. Yeah. C&Ds. Yeah. Uh, we've been tricked before. We have been. We sure have, time. Blueberry Boy. We have definitely walked away with our tails between <laughs> our legs. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, here's a question that we probably asked you on the first podcast, but I'm going to say it again. Anyway. What got you into recycling? Like, I know I know you went to college, you went to Cobleskill, and that's where you got, uh, you majored in what? Uh, environmental energy technology. So there I actually is. have a bachelor in technology, not a bachelor in science, which is a little bit. Is it a BA or a BS? It's a BT. It's a bachelor a in technology from oh, the Department of Agriculture Engineering. And that's a really good question. Um, What got me into recycling or into the industry? Most people who work in the waste management or materials management industry um, find their way in through a lot of other jobs outside of the industry. And I'm kind of one of the rare... The rare newbies that have have sought out a career in in sustainable materials management. Um, It it definitely wasn't one particular thing that got me interested in recycling, but it was certainly a few different things. Um, You know, I'm someone who's relatively creative as a painter and a sculptor and a poet and a musician and all of that stuff. Um, I started in community college and I was taking a couple environmental, like environmental studies was my coursework. Um, but I was also taking some art classes. Shout out to Columbia green. Um, (laughs) co green. Absolutely. I went there too. I had an art teacher who was a farmer turned artist and he, um, had a bunch of crazy 2d sculpture assignments for us. And a lot of them had to do with found objects and like looking through, um, just common objects in your house or looking through the trash and finding materials to sculpt into other things. Um, and that was the first, I think, experience that I had where I realized that we were throwing, like as a society, we're throwing away so many things that could be useful. And it was through art that I kind of made that connection. Um, so I got through my degree program a, a little bit more. And when it was time to transfer, I knew I wanted to be involved in environmental studies, but I had a lot of interests um, that I couldn't quite pin down. Like I was interested in ecology, but I knew I wasn't going to be an ecologist. Like I was interested in chemistry, but I knew I wasn't going to be a chemist. Um, and then I found Subi- SUNY Cobleskill and their environmental program had three different tracks in it. There's water resources, renewable energy, and waste management. And I was like, that's a good bet because I could go down the line and like 
fall into any one of those three categories yeah. um, equally so. So I started out in renewable energy thinking I was going to work with photovoltaics and solar panels. Um, and once I took a couple classes about um, biomass and biogas energy, and I started to realize, like, you know, I'm very passionate about agriculture, and there's so many um, agricultural crops that go to waste before they ever even leave the farm. And I started to learn about how corn could be made into ethanol. And that kind of was the first like little spark in me that was interested in recycling. Like, wow, we could take these wasted plants and turn them into fucking biodiesel. Like there's so much that goes to waste that could be useful in this age of like, you know, we're running out of fossil fuels and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. then I got into like recycling more on the composting and the biogas side of things. And through uh, more classes and field trips and tours of landfills and stuff, I was like, yep, this is what I want to do. I really want to get involved in waste management. So I switched my major to that track um, and just became, you know, in the industry through that. So I've been actively in the industry, I'd say for the past five or six years now, starting in college, going to um, recycling centers and landfills and solid waste conferences. And it's a really great industry to be in. It's like a big family. Everybody knows everybody and we're all kind of in it together. You know, like you really get that sense yeah. in this industry. Well, that's, that's, that's nice. Um, you know, it, I know in recent times, especially, you know, if you're on social media and everything, you get a lot of this shit uh, drilled down your throat, but you know, there's a lot of uh, song and possibly unsung praise about uh, Greta Th Thornburg. Thunberg. Thunberg. I, I, I forget. I forget her last name. It's just Greta. Greta and climate change. You know who I'm talking yeah. about. Sixteen year old girl from Scandinavia. Um, and it's just like, no, that's cool. I'm glad she's bringing it to everybody's attentions. Um, unfortunately, she's taken a lot of shit from a lot of boomers. A lot okay, of boomers, boomers and right, yeah, right, and Boy. right wing, just you know, Trump suck, uh, wiener suckers. Dude, there. Why is there only like three memes all of a sudden? Like before, it was like oh. a whole bunch of different things, and yeah. now it's just like three. It's Epstein, boomers, and fucking Greta Thunberg. Yeah, well, well, the Gre oh, and, the Greta and, wave and it's is also the girl passed. pointing and yelling at the cat. Oh, oh that yeah. one too. I'm glad that's over. Well, getting closer to being over, yeah. but you know. Going back to what I'm saying, and it's going to sound like I'm sucking your proverbial dick, and I don't mean to be doing that, but like, it's kind of people like you, because you go out, you speak to audiences, you speak to the public, or at least you have, um, about these things. You've done outreach programs, I guess you'd call it, and it's like, you're more... I like what Greta's doing. I dig the message. I'm all about it. A backer, 100%. But like... Sometimes it's not about reaching everyone. It's about reaching the correct people. And yeah. The correct positions of power to make change. Yeah. I, th I think too too much politics got involved with her because she's so sure. well-known. But like you are, in my opinion, somebody who I would say is more of like, you're an unsung hero. Oh, that's so You know sweet. what I mean? <laughs> um, I think you uh, are doing a good thing. And yeah, you should feel good about it's it. It's definitely boots on the ground. Like I'm a liaison with the agency with a lot of um, solid waste haulers and local politicians. And, and it, it takes a lot. It takes a lot um, to get people on, in the right page that they need to be on um, with environmental issues because we hear so much noise and we hear so much news about issues and a lot of people just kind of believe what they read on the news or they don't or they don't believe in climate change at all and it, it takes a special kind of 
um, rhetoric, I think, to get people to actually give a shit about some of these issues, to give a shit about recycling. And I think I'm, I'm up for that order. I think I can relate to people, or I like to believe I can relate to people or get them um, as passionate as I. It takes a lot of passion to, to make change and to actually do things that make a difference. So, 100%. Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. That's nice. You're welcome. Well, yeah, just for, you know, anyone listening, I also have, um, I don't want to say vested interest, but I studied environmental science as well at Co Green. Um, and I took some other interesting courses when I was at uh, UAlbany. One was environmental physics, which uh, one of the best courses I've ever taken. But sounds thrilling. It, dude, I, it sounds so <laughs> dry. It sounds so dry and terrible. But it was actually fucking awesome. I had this guy, a professor, uh, shit, professor, professor X, professor shit. He had (laughs) he had a a a strange looking type of skin condition, a vitiligo. Yeah, yeah. piebaldism for humans. Yeah, vitiligo. But it was split halfway down his face, like so. Mm -hmm. Literally, one side of his face and facial hair is all regular. He's a bit of a ginge. And then the other side Ew. was like that stark albino white. All the hair was white. Everything down the scalp, everything. It's fucking wild. But he was super chill. He was super awesome. And he was super interesting, you know, visually. Because I've never seen a human look like that before. I'm just like... And I wanted to ask him about it so bad. But I'm like, I don't want to push that boundary. And over, yeah. yeah, and overstep it. But um, I definitely met with him in office hours just to bullshit uh, many times. But it was a good class because we actually learned a lot more about sustainable energy, just energy sources, um, photovoltaic cells, nuclear power, all this and that because we learned the physics of all these things that uh, are environmentally related. And it was fucking sick. It's a big deal. It's no, a big it, deal. It, it's and cool. Like, real quick. Um, the uh, have you guys heard of Project Drawdown? I have no. So there's this big fuss uh, over the last year or two about Project Drawdown, which was an accumulation of scientists from all over the world that came together and like did all the math and crunched all the numbers about the top 100 solutions that would put us on the track to reverse climate change. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a lot of work and a lot of math and a lot of physics went into these calculations and the work that they did in their research. And would you believe that the um, the number three thing on the top 100 solutions that they found to reverse climate change was reduce food waste and reduce food loss. And it kind of ties back into recycling in a lot of these ways. Like people, we've been talking about recycling since the 70s. Like people get it. They, for the most part, get it. Um, but composting. And, and taking those organic wastes and, and returning them to the soil or returning them to energy systems where that energy can be liberated in other ways is like really one of the best things that we can do. So if, if anything else, I hope that you guys and your listeners feel inspired by that and that if you have questions about composting, um, to, to, I'm, to I'm give gonna, me a call. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to need my to start composting because um, I plan on growing a lot of plants yeah, here. Yeah, really important. And, and also just like as a consumer in the industry, you know, look just pay attention to those breweries that are like doing positive things with their waste or taking in like, um, like toast ale, for example, is a really famous brewery that takes, makes all of their, uh, beer from waste bread and waste bagels and stuff like that. And like, that's awesome. We're seeing a lot more of stuff like that in America now. Sundog cider. So you vote with your dollar when you choose 
green technologies. But what if what Whoa, if their beer is really really good, but they're fucking like monsters and they pollute everything? Who is? I'm just saying, like, what if? Yeah, um, like the the like, the, the, yeah. like the worst big oil of ever. breweries. Yeah, like yeah. their, their well, beer is amazing, and you you get a boner over it. But like, you know, they, they just don't do anything. they stand outside and spray aerosol like just into the ozone it's, all day. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a matter of ethics, you know. <laughs> I don't. I can't answer. I don't have the answer to that question. But it's a it's a matter of ethics, and I think we all need to try to be more ethical, like citizens that care about the those kind of things and. Sure, any, everyone's guilty of it, that they have their guilty pleasures and things that they you know are really bad, but they do it anyway. But, you know, that's why we're in this kind of situation. Yeah, so many people <laughs> just don't want to give up their conveniences, just the things they've been accustomed to and used to and the things they enjoy. And they don't think of where these things come from, how they're manufactured, where the byproducts go. People just... No, I like my thing, and fuck you if you tell me otherwise. Yeah. So I have money, and I can use my money however I want. Don't try to tell me how to use my and money. I think that being, yep. being uh, for lack of a better word, like being eco-conscious or being green is not like this boutique hippie thing. Like it's about being an intellectual. It is cool to like care about this stuff, and um, especially as young people, like we really have Except to, we really have to make it sexy and like make it sell <laughs> as much as anything else. Um, I blame the boomers fucking, like, for that shit. Future depends too. on it. I don't know. Like that's kind of a big deal. And that's my little spiel. It's just a problem when you have a lot of people who are anti-intellectual and trying to reach them. But sadly, you have to frame it in a way that they can understand. Oh, like, economics. Yeah, or <laughs> up, or what 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 happens in the Middle East well, when all of a sudden they can't grow any food and you know it's 140 degrees. Like, where are those people going to go? Oh, they're going to come to your backyard if you don't fucking do something about it. To your specific backyard, all the while taking your jobs and enforcing a Shania Twain law. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so, just to segue, I have another really good question that I want to ask you. But I think, we could we have a new beer poured? We should talk about that first. What do you I drank mine already. It was good. Oh. It was delicious. Yeah, this um, is uh, Florence from Hill Farmstead. Uh, I went there... It was kind of like my pilgrimage, a uh, little beer trip I went on right before Sober October started. Um, Hill Farmstead has consistently been voted the uh, top brewery in the country. I think it's like seven or eight years running. Um, Jesus. Yeah. That's intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Prestigious. It was a cool, very cool experience. Uh, their beers are known for being very clean and crisp. Um, yeah. Using... Uh, you know, very fresh, natural, local ingredients. Um, they're mostly known for their sours, but they can, they do IPAs, they do the occasional stout. Um, but uh, yeah, and I also got to say, their bottles are pretty cheap too. Um, yeah. I think I bought four bottles there. They were, I think the mo- most expensive one was 12 bucks. Damn. Uh, all the other ones were 10. Yeah, That's I think four awesome. is 10 bucks. So, I mean, I feel like it's a wild ale, but I can't really read it because I'm blind, but what is it? Um, I'm trying not really to look says, at any of the bottles. Yeah, uh, it just says uh, wheat ale. Um, it's a wheat ale. It definitely I, seems like it seems sourish kind of, though. Yeah, there's some kind of wild fermentation going on. It honestly, it tastes like, and I don't. I'm gonna shameless plug here, but it tastes like the cider I made that I call Tardy Torty, but more sour, or actually sour. Let's see. It has no. It has an apple. 
taste to it. Yeah. It's, it's very cidery. It's dry. Yeah. It's very cidery, champagne-y. Dry. Uh, Florence, 1915-1967 was our grandfather's sister. Hill Farms Library rests upon Lynn. It was once home to her as well as her 13 siblings. Jesus. Christ. Uh, in her honor, Fucking this boomers. wheat farmstead ale is crafted from American malted barley, Vermont wheat, American and European hops, our farmhouse yeast, and water from our well. Unfiltered and naturally carbonated, this is the ale that I dream to have shared with Florence. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's that. Yeah, all their beers are named after family members of the, the, the Hill family. Oh, that's cool, though. Florence. I don't hate on it. Well, speaking of Florence, Italy, I have no idea. I wasn't yeah, what? That. <laughs> but I actually, I had another question for Angie. Um, I think this is a good one. Maybe you have an answer. Maybe you don't. But I, you probably have an answer. So, on the old book that has a face, and even Instagram, I've seen many faces. Many faces. Some would say I've seen a lot of. A lot of posting and information being shared around by, I would imagine you would say, more eco-aware peoples. And what they're trying to say is that, listen, they're essentially like the biggest contributors to climate change or to, to waste. I probably shouldn't say climate change, but the biggest waste contributors in the world, like giant corporations and shit, this and that. They're trying to essentially pass blame and make the individual person feel bad and saying, you shouldn't be using plastic bags. You need to be recycling. You need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. And there's this weird consensus that has come out that says literally there's like 3% of the human population is contributing the most waste to the planet. And they're, they're trying to like literally like... You, I can make all the changes I want in my life. Everybody sitting here at the table can make all the changes we want uh, to be eco-friendly. And it, it's not going to do shit. Because you're still going to have those giant corporations fucking things up. Dumping sewage, you know, into waterways. And just, you know, just saying fuck you to the planet. So, now that I've kind of explained all that, do you call bullshit? Now, obviously, if everybody became eco-aware and eco-friendly, obviously there would be change, um, just from sheer numbers. One person changing, realistically, it's so it's statistically insignificant. It, it would be no overall change. How much is bullshit, and how much is based in fact? If you know. Oh man, incredible, incredible question, Dan. Um, and not an easy question to answer. So of I'll course. start that way. Of course, there is a tremendous, a tremendous impact in individual behavior changes and actions at the common household level. Um, I would be an idiot to sit here and say that it, that doesn't matter. That rhetoric is really, really important that a single person can make a huge difference. Because look, look at me, I'm one single person. And look at how many lives I've impacted, right? Albert Einstein was one person. If he went along thinking his work would never make a difference, then it would never make a difference, right? Collectively, um, you know, reducing the municipal waste stream 
um, is tremendous, not only for the environmental reasons, because you're right, it is a portion of the waste stream, not the majority. Um, but think about the economic impact, because the municipal waste stream is managed by local governments. Mm -hmm. And so really, we're wasting our own tax dollars the more that we dispose of things irresponsibly. So that's another argument to make, right? Like, yeah. yes, it's a small portion of the waste stream, but that's the waste stream that's municipally managed with, with taxpayer dollars. So um, you save your community a lot of money by reducing waste and composting and recycling, and you reduce the waste stream where we're running out of landfill space. Um, industrial waste is a huge component of the waste stream. There's actually been a push um, across North America. We're starting to see it more in um, the USA, but in, in Canada in particular, there's been a push for what we call extended producer responsibility, or EPR, that puts the responsibility back on manufacturers. Like, look, you're making this packaging that's not recyclable, and you should be... Uh, you know, held held responsible for the its end of its life. And also ashamed. Um, at, at the recycling conference I was just at um, in Cooperstown, the NYSAR conference, there was an amazing presentation about um, uh, the milkman and how, you know, back in the day, manufacturers took responsibility over their packaging that was part of their product and part of their service that they would exchange those bottles for milk and like make sure that they were clean and recycled and reused and all of that and when we got to that point in our society where they were marketing housewives like hey look now you don't have to do the dishes you just throw it out how great is that um, manufacturers started to put that burden of consumption on back onto the consumers so um it's a hot topic in recycling today. We're definitely seeing a lot more product stewardship or take-back programs for things like electronics and batteries and cell phones and latex paint and mattresses and carpets. And companies that are making these things are starting to be like, all right, we have a stake in making sure it's getting to be recycled. They're doing this in Canada with packaging. People actually pay a very, very small tax on packaging. Well, the bottle bill is the same thing. You pay the five cents to make yeah. sure it gets recycled. Um, we're, they're doing that in packaging and all through the grocery stores in parts of Canada, which is really exciting because that tax is going to the recyclers who are like making sure that it's getting recycled. So putting the pressure on manufacturers to make more recyclable packaging is, is huge. And again, consumers can make a difference by choosing things, right? Like, do you really need bananas that come in a plastic bag? Like it's already packaged. I, I, I gotta say, choose, I've like, never seen that. <laughs> yeah, I've never oh, in real life. There. I know There's it is, but I've never seen that. Individually wrapped cucumbers and individually, even I've like apples I've in seen a the bag and like potatoes yeah. in a bag and all this stuff for convenience. Like, uh, as consumers, we can vote with our dollar every time we make purchases that are telling the uh, consumer trend um, researchers that more people are buying things unpackaged or in more recyclable packaging. Like. Be that guy. Write an email to the company like, hey, I love your product, but I can't recycle your container. Like, maybe you should switch. And in that way, the single person can make so much more change by demanding those changes. And in the meantime, we're working on EPR or product stewardship programs to try to get them to be more um, uh, responsible, especially like companies like Amazon, like just yeah. have to stop with their packaging. Like they just have to stop. So huge question, huge can of worms. I did my best, but like, did you learn something? So, so. no, I, I like it because, you know, a lot of people, they almost want to go, well, if I'm one person, I'm not going to be able to make a change. It's passing so the blame. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fucking eat. That's why I call bullshit because it's, it's passing the blame again. And that's exactly what the, um, 
you know they want you to do waste yeah. is an engine it's got a mind of its own in, sure. our, in our society the waste machine. so we have to get out of that way of thinking that it's someone else's job to make sure that it it gets res- recycled or thrown away properly for sure and it goes back to the whole concept of like we throw things away and like where is a way there is no way so it's that whole engine and that whole um, system of it's not my problem it's someone else's that I just need to shut down like as soon as possible so with that being said that the the single person can I mean like I, I'm trying to slowly make changes I mean we're in Green County we still have plastic bags Ulster County the 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 bag ban not not uh, only until March 1st I know but I've already gotten my other bags that I've been getting from like zoos and like uh, crocodilian like research centers and stuff because I'm like I want things Start to reflect the things that I like because yeah. a lot Bad of it goes into like conservation statewide. too, you know, but that, you know, stupid little things like that. But going back to the question that I had was, is there truth that it's really just like this elite circle of mega corporations that are really contributing the most to waste and therefore, uh, possibly the, the most to anthropomorphic climate change as opposed to the regular household person. Well, America, just to have a scale, I don't have the exact percentage up my sleeve of what percentage of the whole waste stream is industrial waste. It's definitely a lot. But I mean, if you just look at residential and commercial, I mean like mom and pop shops and yeah. retail stores and homeowners, we're talking about 168 million tons a year for America, just in the U S just in America. Um, it's really hard to wrap our, our minds around those types of metrics when you scale out and look at, you know, what about all of North America or all of the world and how are they calculating these rates? Is it based on population or is it based on actual data? And I mean, they're like scientists have absolutely no idea how much waste is going on every day, but it, I've heard numbers like it could be like 2 trillion tons a day. That includes industrial waste and everything. Wild. It's a lot. That's and a even as someone number. who works in the industry, I know what 133,000 tons looks like. Like, I know how much that is. Like, I can't wrap my mind around it. And that's like a molecule compared to it's a drop trillions in the of tons. Yeah, like it's a drop in the bucket. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of industrial waste out there. And, and you know, DEC can only do so much to, to reach those people. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think that a lot of the recyclable waste does come from uh, commercial se- the commercial sector and the residential sector. And I think that that's where most municipalities can focus on and more, more agencies like, like mine um, can really make the most difference. And that's where we're going to continue to focus and leave that up to EPA and, and all those other organizations. Awesome. Well, I'll take that as I'm an hopeful. answer. I'll I'm take hopeful. that as an answer. I don't have the exact number, but... No, that's that's fine. It's just, you know, I think the, the biggest... Well, maybe not the biggest, but one of the, the big takeaway from that was blame passing. Yeah. I see it all the time. Well, I'm not going to be able to make a difference. It's somebody else's problem now. Uh, other countries are way bigger contributors to waste in America. Not and, true. Or CO2 emissions. I see it all the time. And Uh-oh. it's like, so it, we should it's be, not true. we should be doing this against other countries, you know? And it's just like, Americans generate two and a half times the world average waste generation rate per capita. Oh, suck that dick, baby. You hear that? You fucking assholes. Two times. So even if you look at other countries that are more industrialized, that are making more products, like everything's made in China. Sorry, India, sorry China. China. But we're making twice as much, Per person per day than any other 
uh, human living on the planet. So right. I mean, we, we you know have less people, but we're also more as a whole more affluent. We can afford more things. We buy more things, so we contribute more waste. We're it just makes consumerist sense. capitalists. Yeah, we're, we're we're just told to buy shit, buy shit, buy shit. Obey and buy, baby. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad, but hey, at least we have beer. Hell yeah. That's true. That is nice. And you know what? Nothing can ever take that away from us. That's right. Speaking of. I do. I'm not going to. I don't want to. I can't tell you what this is because I need to know what we all think about it. What we all think about it first. Is this a thing you made? It's not. Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm going to tell you right now. I already have a strong opinion about it. It smelled like garbage water. Agreed. <laughs> it did not smell good. It, it, I mean, it looks like bloody yeah. cum and water mixed together. Um, it does not smell good. It does not have a nice bouquet. Um, initial initial taste in the tongue, also not very yeah, good. Shitty. But, but then, but at the yeah, end, right? it tastes like strawberries and cream. Yeah, not enough to redeem it in my eyes. But it was just kind of like, okay, garbage water scent tastes like common blood, and then <laughs> strawberries and cream. Yeah, it was like I don't get it. You just got covered in a pile of shit, but then the pile of shit kind of like reached up and gave you a little HJ. Real yeah. Quick. Like, did, like, did I oh, not hit the okay. nail on the head? Did you all get that yeah. too? Yeah. I mean, it does smell fucking awful. Yeah. It's, it smells bad. <laughs> I was bad. like, Ugh, what yeah. the fuck am I drinking? And the initial taste is like, what the fuck? And then the finish of that, that like you said, the strawberries yeah. and cream is just like, oh, all right. It definitely has lactose sugars in it for sure. It has to. So it doesn't. I'm gonna go grab the can because I, I'm not surprised. I'm gonna call this beer "Blood and Cum." <laughs> That's fair. I call it question mark question mark question mark. <laughs> All right. So another day, I paid a visit to old Uncle Tor. Oh. Now. I know that something like this has been in the works for a little, like some time. I wasn't really sure what was going to happen, but apparently, Beer World found their uh, their little collab brewery, Roscoe Bruco. Is anyone? Are we from Roscoe, New York? I know Roscoe. Yeah. So yeah, this is a, according to Uncle Tor, his recipe. Oh, all right. Yeah, brewed, yeah. brewed by Roscoe Beer Co. in collaboration with Beer World. Blackberry. Blackberry and vanilla IPA. Yep. I get the vanilla. Mm, that's there. And the, now that you mentioned blackberry, it's like, well, I guess it is more blackberry than strawberry. But we all tasted strawberry, yeah, though, right? I, I yeah. We all had mass mm-hmm. hallucination. Yep. Um, well, shout out to my boy, Tor. But also, sorry for dogging your beard, dude. <laughs> yeah. So this is exactly why I didn't want to say shit about it until yeah. we all actually... Because I really... I knew ahead of time. So I was like, oh, this is probably not going to be that great. So I already had it in my mind. So I wanted to give it to everyone without you knowing. So yeah, without no, us prejudging. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I blame Beer World, not Tor. Well, Even if it's his recipe. That's, we're going to blame Beer World anyway. It, he said it's got Nelson Sauvin in it, which I don't think was a good choice for... Yeah, I've never been a huge Nelson hop fan. Uh, it's his favorite hop, so I okay. understand why he did it, but... Yeah, everyone's got their own 
favorite hop. Not in a blackberry vanilla. It just looks like IPA. pus. It's. I mean, I think the color is like not it, bad. The color is fine, and like. Oh my god. That that smell though, man, I the can't get over bad. it. Smells bad. The initial taste is awful, but then it's actually like the finish is really good. It finishes enjoyably. I will agree. So it, it really is a roller coaster of shit. But roller coaster. Of oh, shit. Say like what? Roller coaster. <laughs> a shit, shit, shit. Roller coaster. Yeah. Why do we need uh, audio plugs? We Jesus. don't. I mean, it'd be nice, but. I mean. Yeah, keep buying, Joshua. Keep contributing to waste. I will. Um, so you want me to bring over that yes, other please. that other thing? Yes, please. Bring over so, the other thing. I. At least there's beer. <laughs> I agree. And ciders and wines and liquor, distilled spirits. Uh, I should wash out. Yeah, you slam that home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yikes. But like, the, so that big, I just slammed down the rest of that blackberry and vanilla IPA. Thank you. And so I got a big chunk of ew in my mouth. And then Ew-y. equally as big, that, that nice like fruity and fruit and cream. Finish. It was just like, it's like, oh, ah. It was so strange. It's so strange. Oh man, part of me wants to like the can art, but I don't think I can do it because it's kind of eight, it's kind of eighties yeah, style. It's, it's very retro eighties. For those of you who know me, you know I love that kind of shit. But I don't know. It's got lightning, like pink lightning shooting from the Beer World logo, which. I've said, I've said this. Yeah. I've said this from day one. The beer world logo is fucking shot. It's old and tired. It is sleepy as fuck. It's time to upgrade that shit. Get with 2019. Get a better fucking logo. Yeah, but that costs money. It does cost money, but you know what? They don't like. They have money. it. <laughs> they can afford it. Well, maybe. Yeah, and I have to fight them every time I go in there to give me a fucking check. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Like, oh, we don't know where the money is. Yeah. Fucking get them, dude. This is... Yeah. I I had an open mind. I was like, all right, you know what? I'll set my my things aside and I'll try it and be, be honest about it, but... Mm. Ooh, are well, you? well, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> calling me. Who is? Uh, my brother's calling me. You can wait. It's goddamn Justin. right. You can fucking wait. Justin. Not Kevin. Justin. So, for all you listening, uh, we have a birthday in the house. Oh, shit. And we celebrated last night, but... Uh, and some of us were still uh, uh, feeling it the next day. I think we're all AKA feeling me. it. me. I'm fucking... <laughs> Not me. I was responsible last night. So. I had an obligation to... Oh, boy. So I brought coaster. brought a little little nifty gifty for thank yep, you for YJ KJ over here and I helped. You can hear, you can hear an opening value. Uh, this is actually not that. That's I, I don't have that yet. But that's coming next week. Oh, because I I was not I can't I couldn't meet my friends till tomorrow. Gotcha. Fuck. You sorry. Son of a bitch. So. Oh, 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 he! Oh. You you whined and complained and cried for so long, and now you can be part of us. Shut up! 
One that I complain. Uh, one that like I want. All the time. You complained on night. Bottle Logic's fucking. What? I didn't get a chalice. Whoa. I didn't get that either. Suck it, Uncle Dan. <laughs> Thank you very much. No problem. That is so. Nice. Uh, see what you want to tell the uh, kind viewers and listeners. What what we got here? Nope. Okay. No, I got a. Oh man. The uh, what, what is this called? Is this? It's like a can glass. Can basically. glass. A bottle logic can glass. It's like the same dimensions as an aluminum can, but it's fucking glass. Yeah. And I've noticed with like the pint glasses, like I feel like none of them are actually pint glasses. No, they're all like slightly under sixteen ounces because you pull you pour the full can out and you still got a little bit left. You always got that little bit left. Yeah, and then we got Bottle Logic Chalice. Yeah, I don't know what the. I'm sure there's a technical name for this, but yeah, it's more like an upright. It's like a stretched out tulip. Yeah, essentially, it's beautiful and I love it. Um, I thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, my, my buddy Zach, who I trade with, uh, I'd rather have a tulip. Oh yeah. The tulip, the yeah, tulip, tulip is the fucking like the, the rounded. Yeah. 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 It's like a, a squatted, brand, a squatted that, down that, version of that. That's a tulip. Yes. A, a, that's a mini tulip. Mm-hmm. Like a brandy. But, uh, yeah, my, my buddy Zach, who owed me a couple bottles, yeah, he was like, Hey man, I'm going to pick your shit up. Anything else you want? I was like, mm, send me a picture of the glasses they have and. I'd never seen that one before, and I was like, "Yeah, man, throw me one of those." That's that pretty ass. cool. Thank you. I really I, appreciate it. Now I need it. a chalice. Yeah. To go well, over. start fucking trading. I can't. I can't be the intermediary well, listen, for all this. Listen, when, when I when I uh, when I hit the map with my ciders, you're gonna have big trade value, bro. All right. <laughs> People are gonna be like, "Oh shit!" I, I need that batch one snowflake Snyder. Snowflake Snyder. Snyder. Rob Schneider. Rob is a stapler, dude. Did you guys have batch one? You didn't. All right, all right. We fucked up because you didn't get batch one. All right, you you have batch five. Batch five is good, but, but it ain't no batch. But one. it ain't no batch one. Yeah. No. Uh, Shit's gonna be gold someday. I really, I really, honestly hope so, and that'll give you uh, some really good yeah, trade value, maybe, in, in in my dream world that I live in. All right, young Joshua, kind Joshua, do you want? This pour in your uh, I want your the, can I want or the chalice. The, uh, that's what I thought. Right in that fucking chalice, baby. He wants to just throw it in my face. Mm-hmm. Whatever, I'll drink out of my fucking glassware. That's actual three three Pyrex silica glass. Son of a bitch. Hey, you fucking tell him. Listen, we're all we're all bottle logic fucking fuckboys. So I'm just happy that I'm part of the the clan now. You can trade too, homie. I can. I've actually, yeah, I didn't try too hard, but I do like beakers, though. I did try a couple times. Look how awesome they are! So Ooh. awesome. All right, Dan, where's your uh, your cuppy cup? What are you gonna use? Oh, cuppy time. I do kind of really want to use this. Actually, you know what? Just so in this, I don't need to make more dishes for myself. I was gonna throw into an actual bottle logic, but yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't. Hey, know. as long as you're not doing it for the gram, you don't need proper glassware. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I do like to have the proper. And this is this is uh, the one that you finally brought brought over, huh? Yeah, it was um, eating up a spot in my fridge, so I decided to finally bring it. Um, here, I'll let Josh, uh, the <laughs> birthday boy. What? You okay? You all right? He. Oh, that's that's the face. 
taste. That's a good face? That's a good Joshua face. I think so. I hope so. Holy shit. I, I know this is supposed to be peach. Okay, so... I don't smell any peaches. Let me say that it doesn't smell good at all. I think it smells great. But. <laughs> but. He's trying to ride my coattails. This is fucking awesome. This beer slaps. Holy yeah, shit. I will hit the table. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, holy we can shit. slap the table on this because holy shit. This is peach? Yeah. It don't even taste Dude, like Dude, I've been telling you this whole Dude, time. This, this tastes, beer is fucking good. This tastes Dude, like, it's like cinnamon fucking... Like the cinnamon mm. crust of a fucking peach pie. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't like peaches. And I'm not tasting peach. And maybe that's not something good for me to say, but nobody's going to listen to my opinion on bottle logic anyway. But holy fuck. Yeah. First time I had this, I was like, whoa. It tastes like a holiday pie. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's high praise. This is amazing for me. Sure, birthday boy. I'll share it with so, like, if anyone wants any more. Well, we should see if Kim wants any. It really is. Since My she God. was so kind to bring us yeah. delicious, tasty foods, morsels, foodstuffs, uh, victuals. Yeah, holy fuck. Yeah. I, anyway, tell the people what this is. <laughs> Read the description. So this is details and dial- dialects. Barrel-aged peach cobbler strong ale. Ah, the cobbler. Yep. Strong ale aged in bourbon and rye whiskey barrels and then finished with peaches, Vietnamese cinnamon, and Madagascar vanilla. Yeah, they, they Ooh, knocked it out. Oh, Lord. Holy. I mean, it's bottle logic. They knock it out of the park like every goddamn beer. Yeah, this is... This is stasis, right? Yeah. yeah all all yeah, those yeah. bottles. They're all stasis, stasis bottles. Yeah. Fuck you, bottle logic. Yeah, and this one has like... Fuck you. This one has no hype on it. If it's a strong ale, nobody wants it. Which is sad because strong ale is It's super easy to get. Like, you can trade cash for cash for this all day long. Um, Yeah. It's... Unless it's a one to two person, two per person stout. Like, most of their shit doesn't hold a lot of value. Especially not the strong ales. Speaking of, when's, when's Keegan's coming out with a strong ale? Young Jesus, kind Jesus. Someday. <laughs> Someday. 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 I'm going to hold you to it. When you get the reins, you can just do whatever you want. I mean, that that point's pretty much here. I can, but I'm so fucking busy. Like, designing beers is not on my, you know, my palate right you now. Homeostasis. Maybe if you get some help sometime soon from, <laughs> he's a, from he's someone. He's in the homeostasis be, phase yeah. of being head brewer. Yep. It's like, maintain... Yeah, if only we knew someone. Yeah, I wonder if only there was someone who was joining the team that could help you in such such ways. But maybe who knows? Too too bad we'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. We will. Yeah. Well, I'm pissed over this beer. Me too. I'm very pissed. Beer of the night. Yeah, I think this is a wonderful and, way. And, to, and you were you were skeptical this whole time. Well, I, I don't like peach, so it's just like I don't want to have something that's going to taste like peach. So many people have told me that they don't, they don't like things, and then I give them stuff, and they're like, "Oh, this is awesome." Yeah, but, peach. yeah. Every time you guys bring like peach sours or anything right. that's got peach, and I'm like, "Oh," and it's poopy. My palate says gross, but 
But it's bottle logic, mm-hmm. so exactly. I should have just known better. How, like, I, I should, just by, by default, you know it's I gonna... should probably be smited for my blasphemies against you, you will receive lashings it's later. Okay. I probably will. <laughs> I, sure. We already received lashings, so they didn't give us free shit under 100,000 followers giveaway. No. They fucking teased the cock, too, because they like they responded to everyone's comments. They liked everyone. Everyone who said anything they liked or said something. So you were like, ooh, they saw my... My comments, oh, so yeah. maybe it'll be me, and then, nope, nope. They honey dicked us. Fucking haze bros. They probably did it. So like, you know, people with all kinds of followers and showing and cleave and stuff like that. Like, mm, oh, like hoppy floppy and uh, pump to pour. And I, don't, I don't know those names, but I believe yeah, they're you. just chicks with big boobs who get people to follow them because you know, of boobs. I often yeah. think that if we were three. Hot, nubile, young chicks with large breasts and showed cleavage. We'd have a lot more listeners. We absolutely would. Well, we would have to make a video podcast. Yeah, and we would have to have overhead cams looking down. Yeah, but we'd we'd have a Patreon. We'd be getting money coming Mm -hmm. in, doing photo shoots, only cams. And listen, Uh, like it sounds like we're hating. I'm not hating. Power to to them for using their bodies to fucking get what they need. But you know, if we're gonna sit here and go. You know why? Why are people look at their followers? How many followers are male? Three bearded dudes. Male neck yep. beards. You, you know? guys need to work the three bearded dudes like thing. <laughs> I think you have a lot of sex sex appeal that's we untapped. Can, oh, we thank can, you. Uh, as the our... only woman at the table. <laughs> All right. So I encourage you to exploit your bodies and uh, get a Patreon. <laughs> yeah, Dan, I'm looking I, at you. Oh yeah, I got trapped Ooh. for days, baby. You Who sure needs do. a neck? Damn. <laughs> Come on. I gotta say, I gotta give out a shout out to my buddy Eric. I think he just got twenty thousand followers on Instagram. Eric, yeah, Eric is pregnant. Oh, sorry, Eric Cooney, super good dude. Uh, he, I'm trying to remember what his post said, but he doesn't do giveaways. He doesn't do give out discount codes. He doesn't accept sponsorships. It's just beer, beer. It's ah. just beer. He just posts, he gives his rating, he gives a little review, and that's fucking it. And he's got 20,000 followers. Yeah. How does that, how do you amass that many followers? Time. When there's I, so many other, like, I, I, don't know, I, I have to pick his brain on it, but um, hmm. I think it's just from putting out quality content. And he, he yeah. trades a fucking lot. So he so, makes a lot, too. Yeah. Sure. So so he's, he's always getting really awesome, good quality beers. That people want to know about. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, you know, he trades with people really all over the world. And so, you know, people are always posting about what? It's like, oh, thanks, Eric, for sending me this package. And then, you know, gets a couple followers here and there off of every time he trades. So, yeah, it just builds. He needs to get me some doppel stick then. And he needs to get on it Ooh. fast. Uh, I will ask him. I, I wonder if he could. I wonder also. I know we, we can order it here from the States, but they're almost always sold out. And I know it's novelty more than anything, probably. But Snake Venom. At a, oh, I, I believe yeah, it's yeah. a Scottish brewery. It's a 62.5%. Yeah. I was going to say, is that the highest ABV beer? I feel yeah. like yeah. there's one that they, they came up with one. Armageddon. That's more. They called it Armageddon. It was just from the same brewery. Right, right, right. Um, and that was 65%. It beat it by Jesus a little Christ. under three. <laughs> I feel like but that's it's a beer. The... It's not a spirit. It's a beer. Yeah. <laughs> That would be something to like be really fun to do just for the fuck of it. Be like, yeah. hey, we got this. But Check I don't, I don't know what they did to get it up that high because I know while it's the highest ABV beer, it's not the highest ABV beer by natural fermentation. 
I think that still goes to the Sam Adams utopia at like 22%, something around there, where it's like, that's just straight fermentation. They didn't do anything else. It's hmm. fermented to be that way. So are you saying they used alchemy to get it? Well, I don't know. They, they could use something, say, like uh, freeze concentration, like what I'm going to use to make Applejack. Um, that's how you make an icebox beer. Same same way, and that and that's big. That's big over in Europe. Why? It's illegal to do in the states without a liquor license. Jesus. And breweries aren't going to do it because a beer and wine license is separate from a liquor license. Indeed. So why are they going to spend more money to make an experimental beer? So all icebox, excuse me, that you see for sale in this country have come from Europe, hmm. to my knowledge. Hmm. But yes. Quite interesting. A little factoid. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, though, about uh, my buddy Eric. He, uh, like I say, he, he's not sponsored by anyone, but Stone just sends him beer. And See, that's fucking awesome. I would oh, be man. pumped if man, breweries hey. were just like, yo, we're going to be releasing this in a month. Tell us what you think. I'd so, be like, glug, 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 glug. Thank you. Well, well, they do that to him and they Listen. send him shit, but he never posts it and he just leaves it on share tables at huh. at releases. <laughs> he, just, he doesn't want it. Just gets rid of it. What a slut. Someday, boys. <laughs> Someday. That and I mean, yeah, he's you know, like like me to an extreme. He's a beer snob. You know, doesn't want something that's sticking up his shelf. So just he has it for free. He's wow. gonna just gonna get rid of it. Must be nice. Yeah, I yeah, mean, right? if, if you're constantly drinking the best beer in the world, why would you fuck around with True. something sitting on a shelf? I mean, I feel you, but at the same time, like, aren't you curious? I'm sure he you tries know. everything, sure he exactly. but he he's very adamant about keeping his integrity and not posting about it on his page and giving it a good review just because they send him free shit. Sure, sure. Yeah, Eric, super good dude. Uh, he had a share at his place back in August, and I was fortunate enough to be invited, so I got to try a lot of beers that day. Got to swim in his pool. That was fun. So shout out to Eric for being a good good guy. Saw him yesterday at Hudson Valley. Yeah, he's. Anytime I have a question about trades or the value of something or the rarity of something, I always go to him. He's he's my go-to guy. So shout out to Eric Cooney. Hey, shout nice. out, and, and he also runs all the fan pages for um, Hudson Valley Equilibrium District Ninety Six, and I think Grim. Oh, so, good. yeah, he's. You know he he does a lot for the community, mm. to put it lightly. Well, twenty thousand followers, you're a busy boy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be there someday, maybe. Someday. Yeah. We'll have to get him on the show, then he can promote us. Nice. All right, let's uh let's do the old ABV game. Okay. Um I was gonna say I brought a um a four fifty north slushy, but we can Did just, you really oh, Yeah, but we Oh okay. All right. Okay. Well, say no more. <laughs> Hit the brakes. Uh, I was gonna say you just drink that later if you want, but say no more. Say no more, fam. Mon frere. <laughs> so, uh, so because fuck. I'm because I'm a, a slut for the gram, I brought one that would photograph least well. So I don't know. Anybody want to go grab it? Because I don't feel like getting up. <laughs> what, what, what is it called? Uh, it's something something slushy XL. Fox? Is it just yes. a bottle? Uh, it's a can, um, and it's like blue and red. All I right, think. So it's, can't remember what's on it. I think it's a bat. It's like Halloween kind of looking. Yeah, it's up in that upper right-hand corner somewhere, I think. So, Angie, 
Do you have any more knowledge for us? Is there any any points that we didn't touch on that you feel like you need to? Yeah, I'm all hopped up on the bottle bill that's uh, going to be hopefully expanded uh, this year. It first appeared in the governor, all hopped up in the governor's <laughs> executive budget, um, and then it was later actually just taken out as a standalone legislation. Um, there's a lot of crazy stuff that's in the proposed expansion of the bottle bill. It's been expanded like a dozen or so times since uh, it was introduced in 1983. But this... Um, You're always born what, what? This expansion could be huge. Um, NYSAR, the New York State Association for Recycling, and NYSAC, the New York State Association of Counties, is advocating for a glass-only expansion of the bottle bill, which would include wine, liquor, and cider bottles, um, previously not included, obviously. Because we were talking a lot about glass earlier and right. how glass is such a nightmare for recyclers. Um, you know, it has a negative value. It's costing MRFs and municipalities like mil literally millions of dollars a year. Um, so, you know, we're really trying to advocate for glass-only expansion. But in the um, uh, amended expansion, that would phase in other non-carbonated beverages like teas and energy drinks and sports drinks. And we, uh, as a recycling industry, definitely don't want to see that because uh, the number one peat resin, um, which are those containers, those plastic containers, that's some of the some of the most value that we see in curbside recycling programs. So expanding it to include more plastic bottles would actually take money out of the pockets of recycling centers. Um, so we've kind of been keeping our eye on that. Um, you know, we advocate for glass-only expansion of the of the bottle bill. Um, but we think that the governor's likely going to pass um, the, the full expansion to include other teas and non-carbonated um, sugared like beverages because, I mean, it would mean like, uh, I have notes on that, it would mean like $20 billion in, in unredeemed deposits that would go to the state's general fund if he included all those containers. Nice. So he's probably going to, um, and that would There's be huge. There's a lot of shit that like you – that don't have any deposits. It would be huge. And like I said, that that uh, those unclaimed deposits largely go to the state's general fund. They don't go back into recycling programs. So that would be a huge problem. Um, so just keeping our pulse on that. If um, you're interested and you want to read about it later, it's New York State Senate Bill S-2129A. Um, and some other things in the expansion um, is an amendment that would specify expirations on redemption. So you would have huh. so, so much time to actually redeem your... Um, deposits. It also establishes a minimum post-consumer content in all containers, which is great. Um, it increases the handling fee to five cents, so retailers that are just that are getting paid by distributors would actually get more revenue under this amendment. Um, and a lot of other things. A lot of other things. They want to establish a container recount process to handle disputes because I guess a lot of people have to recount by hand, and that really yeah. sucks. Um, and they would also include a mechanism that would authorize the state. Um, Office of Taxation to do audits on the reverse vending machines. So there's a lot of you know problems with the bottle bill. Obviously, people going to other states to redeem them for higher, for higher redemptions, and that needs to be addressed in this bill in some way. But um, like I was saying before, my my biggest beef with the bottle bill expansion, while it does increase recycling rates um, to some extent, uh, you know I advocate for glass only expansion of that. I really hope that they don't add other sugar waters and things like that because that would be devastating that would be a one-two punch for recyclers to take out the most valuable parts of the stream right. um and and just give it to the state so yeah there's that so 
something I w- was curious about working at a beer store is that you know we take in deposits. What do the do you know what, like what a store gets for their deposits? Because I imagine it's not just a fair trade. Like you know they don't the store doesn't get fucking five cents, whereas the customer gets five cents per bottle. I imagine they have to be making some kind of money on it. Otherwise, eight and a half cents. It's eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Retailers get two point five cents of that. Okay. Of the five cents, that's what I've heard. I don't know how you get into eight cents, but there's also oh. a handling fee that's three point five. So that's probably what that's coming from because I know when I, um, when I deliver beer, uh, certain places will have returns for me, and I have to credit them. And when I credit them, it's eight and a half cents per can. Eight and a half cents. Yeah. Yeah. So that includes the handling fee and the percentage of the of the deposit. I know that the five cents is divided up between the re- the retailer, excuse me, and the state. Um, the state allocates about fifteen million dollars a year that goes to the Environmental Protection Fund, and what's left goes to just the general fund. So that's part of this amendment that would increase the handling handling fee for retailers to hire more. The the idea is that you would need to hire more staff to do the redemptions to handle the influx of bottles. So um, I don't know if I answered your question at all or confused you more, but so they get to they do get compensated. Is that New York State like regulation that it's that much or okay? It's written into the written into legislation. I got you. So the. uh, I just I have that weird thing with the uh, the company that I worked for trying to fucking scheme every little penny out of everything, and so I was just curious if they would be able to manipulate it in any way, shape, or form. Well, they should definitely call the governor's office while this is being discussed in committee. Again, that is Senate Bill S two twelve nine A. They can read the full amendments and see what's going to happen with it. I mean, there's a public comment period. There's a whole process that. You know they have a stake in. I'd be surprised if they didn't know about this uh, expansion of the bill already. Mm, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm out of there, so it's just I don't know what their thought process is on that kind of shit. But I imagine if they have any way of making any more money, that they'll be on top of it. Well, this beer that we're drinking is fucking awesome. It tastes like. And we had mentioned it before, the like the real raspberry fruit frozen popsicles. Yeah, that's what it tastes like. Yeah, this is similar to the first time I had a juice crawler from the answer. It was, yeah, it was a super low ABV, but it was like someone just took one of those real fruit popsicles, mm-hmm. melted it down, added a little bit of booze. Yeah, and that's what you got. It just it coated your glass with like this thick raspberry, dark red, just chunky. Fruit goodness. I don't, uh, this is close to that, but not quite there. But uh, what we're drinking right now is uh, from 450 North Brewing. Uh, they're out of Indiana, I believe. Um, this is from their uh, uh, Halloween drop. Uh, this is uh, Werewolves of Slushland, Slushy XL, uh, smoothie style Berliner Weiss with boysenberry, raspberry, graham cracker, and vanilla. I uh, get a lot of the berry graham cracker. I get the yep. if you, a little bit. If you, if a little you let bit. it sit and then lick your teeth, I get the graham cracker. It's delicious. I mean, it's definitely 
But it's mostly like a, a that, berry smoothie for sure. The only other one I had was the one we had at Equilibrium that one day, and that was fucking. How do they do it? How do they make it so slush like? Way so too much fruit. Well, it's, a, it's a kettle sour. It's just kind of. Way too much fruit. Probably. It's got to be. It's got to be lot just of, like an ungodly amount. Yeah, probably a lot of purees. Yeah. Um, they probably. Yeah, the beer community, I feel, is very divided on. On these beers, um, yeah, well, I mean, they, they trade like fucking crazy. They sell for a lot. Uh, they're they can be pretty hard to come by. I, I got very lucky. Uh, I think some guy was doing a beer pilgrimage and was looking for Hudson Valley, and he was like, "Hey, I'm going to be at Hudson Valley on this day. I have all the new 450 North beers. If anybody has older Hudson Valley, I want it." And like seven people. Like jumped in front of me and like DM the guy, so I was like, uh, "This is probably closed, but I'll try it anyway." And I asked him, he's like, "Oh yeah, everyone dropped off the trade, so if you want to meet me, I'll trade with you." So I just bought one of every Hudson Valley I had, and you know, we did like an eight can trade. So I got to try. I got one of each of the. I think it was four were the Halloween ones, and then he had shit from previous releases, so he just kind of let me. Pick out what I wanted. Nice. So that was nice. Yeah, I didn't. It was nice not to have to send beer in the mail, right? And like people who usually trade for these, they want you know two of your cans for one of my can, even though this is a five dollar can. Just like my my beer is a five dollar can. So, I mean, they're good, but I'm not gonna put a lot of major effort into getting them. I was glad I. It was like the bare minimum effort I would have to put into <laughs> getting these beers, so it was yeah. worked out pretty well. But no, this one's this one's pretty good. It's good. Um, the other one I had was uh, it's actually labeled as a circus peanuts. I was gonna uh, ask you about slushy. That. Yeah, yeah. Did not fucking taste like circus peanuts. That is bullshit. It is bullshit. Circus peanuts are great. And if you Thank don't you. agree, fuck off. Exactly. Know. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves. Is just like you make a beer and it's. You say it's all these flavors, but then it doesn't taste like that. No, I mean, me off. The, the, these guys, they're they're really nailing their marketing. Like their their can labels are awesome. The names yeah. are cool. The colors pop. It's great graphic design, everything. But and I've had some good stuff from them, but a lot of them fall flat. Their hops are fucking trash. Yeah. Their IPAs suck ass. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean. Oh. Sorry, sorry, 450. Like, up your hop game. Like, yeah, yeah. Stop using shitty hops, dude. Yeah, uh, I mean the slushies are good. Not gonna lie. I think it's pretty difficult that, that, to that, fuck up something like this, though. Like, yeah, I mean to I me, these these are on par with um, uh, the New Park Blender series. Yeah. Um, these are especially these the slushy XLs. Then there's the slushy XXL. Um, the regular slushies are. You know, a little thinner compared to these, and I think those are more like the blenders. But I mean, it's just it's kettle sours. A lot of people do them, so but they're they're one of like the hot trends in the beer world right now. But yeah, these are probably the more higher sought after cans that are going right now. I dig it. I like it. Yeah. So do we want to? Uh, yes. Do our game. Oh yeah. Oh, it's time. All right, fuckos, we'll be back in a minute once we calculate our scores, and then we'll uh, hopefully... Please, it's not me. I don't want to chug. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right.
Okay, we're back with the final scores. We want to recap what everyone got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncle Dan, how'd you do? I did a nice 5.1. A nice, not a humble? A nice 5.1. Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> I was off by 5.9. Myself, 5.7. I like we were all in like the same... Yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty dialed in. Yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we... we should have probably waited for Jesus to come back from rocking a piss. But it's okay, though. because Well, whatever. Fuck him. He lost. He's the loser. <laughs> Jesus Cristo, he 9.7. 9.7. So. Uh, honestly, that was a pretty tight match. And I'm, I'm surprised with the fucking cringing faces you made that you were even at a 5.7. I still feel like you cheated. What the fuck? Because you definitely <laughs> cheated that game. How? What do you have to say for yourself? You just do. Jesus. I How do I cheat? <laughs> I nearly nailed Fuck you. I feel no. Uh, I'm gonna be real. Two of them. I often feel like I'm by, adding wrong. Off by I'm a like, lot on wait. Nearly yeah. Nailed. Well, I'm I'm surprised I even got five point one because my differences were literally literally point eight, point four, point eight, point eight. Then we got a one point three, point five, and then three. Yeah, my worst were two point five, two, and one point four. Three point eight. 1.0 and 0. 0.9. Yeah, a 3.5, a 2.3, and a 1.0. Yeah, if you get anything 3 and up, it stings. I know. It stings. That, that, uh, the cobbler. I was way off. Yeah. Well, oh, the cobbler. The thing is, because we, we drink so much bottle logic that like we know they're they're 12% and up. Goddamn bastards. They're between 12 Cheers. and 15. I mean, it's just it cheat, it, it's <laughs> cheating if you have experience with it, yeah. though. Sure. Maybe. It's cheating comparatively, yeah. I reckon, or a heightened advantage. But uh, yeah, I'm, right. I mean, take my uh, take my beats. Yes, you're such a, you're a good boy. You're a good boy. It's all good. It happened to the best of us. Yep. So um, I don't know. I I, I guess uh, to kind of sum everything up here, it's nice to have you guys on again. Hey, uh, first, our first repeat guest. Which yeah, is, yes. our first repeat guest. Thanks yeah, for having us, guys. Hell and. Yours. and as far as guests go, first and second, nope, first female guest, but first female guest to also come back for a second round. I'll take that. Yep. Girl power. Yep. Heck Happy yeah. America Recycles Day, everybody. Woo! Yeah. Woo. Fucking yeah. recycle already. Recycle, we're going to come to your house and fucking murk you. <laughs> yeah, we'll slit your throat while you're sleeping. I'm going to inject you with rattlesnake venom. I, I won't do any of those things. <laughs> I will point my finger and shame you until you feel silly. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully you guys uh, learned something out there today. I'll, I'll watch very, Dan inject very... you with venom and be like, oh shit, that's going to suck. <laughs> yeah, it's going <laughs> to. It's like, oh, your arm's going to fall off. <laughs> but but uh, uh, yeah, no, yeah, it was a good episode. It was, yeah. I feel, I, I mean, I learned a lot. So uh, hopefully the people out there learned something too. Yeah, I learned sure. that I'm a piece of shit. So thanks. Well, <laughs> we all knew that. Well, yeah. Oh, but, oh, oh. oh snap. But, uh, you know. Paps. With all that oh, in mind, f- fuck. What? Whatever. We'll 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 drink it after we're we're done. But I I brought a hey, you know what another special beer. But you know what? It's okay. You don't want to know why? It's just beer. Because it's just beer. It's just beer. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>